Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, rave line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Can, can I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch, claw, up against the wall. Can't explain that what I'm feeling right now, guys. I can't believe it. Let's open up that rave line. Oh, I can't believe USD has hired Lincoln Riley. Oh, yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Raider Troy Radio. This is the car cast after USC's heartbreaking loss to Utah. 34 to 32 is the loss. Uh, what can you say? Uh, we're here to talk about it in the car cast. I'm your host, Mike Castillo. Journal, with my co-host here in the Raider Studio, Lisa Dardola. Hello, everybody. Hello. Called you on the phone uh, on the way home. Didn't want to completely blow the car cast, but we talked before. Sorry, Keely. And I I said, like, how much do you never, like, from the SC perspective, do you just never want to see Utah again? It's, like, extreme, right? Good riddance. Good riddance. It has (laughs) to be maximum. But don't say good riddance. At, at this pace, at, at this point, they, they will find a way to meet the, in Vegas again. The, they'll meet, yeah. Somehow, I don't know how it happens. Tiebreaker is how it works out. But no, knowing our luck, it'll be USC Utah in the Pac-12 title game inexplicably. Somehow, uh, I, I don't know. By I, all means, enjoy the Big Ten. The Big Twelve. USC goes to the Big Ten, and uh, yeah. If I never have to watch USC play a Kyle Whittingham team again, I will be fine with that. Yeah, and and the crazy one is. Cam Rising suiting up in Bryson Barnes' jersey tonight. Uh, maybe Kyle Whittingham's greatest move of all time. <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah. What can you say? Uh, welcome for joining us here live on YouTube. Uh, there's there's a billion of you guys here, and you were all waiting, and um, and we appreciate you for that. Yeah. What can you do? Uh. Essie loses an absolute heartbreaker tonight, a game in which, what can you say, the um, the offense didn't perform well, the defense didn't perform well, uh, they had a chance to win it in the dying moments, did not happen, they could not get the defensive stop that they needed at the end, uh, Utah came into this game ranked 122nd in yards per play. They averaged 6.9 yards per play, more than two yards their average. Bryson Barnes, third string Utah quarterback, uh, looked like Al Roberson. Uh, 57 yards on the ground, 235 through the air, three touchdowns. Sione Vaki. The safety? Uh, the, the safety. Um, I'm pulling up the, the numbers right now. The safety? 200 and the safety. Yes, the safety. The safety. 217 all-purpose yards for Sione Baki. The safety who USC couldn't have even said they were caught off guard with like Cal could. Right. Because last week they unveiled him as Mm -hmm. their secret weapon on offense. So USC knew that was coming and still designed a defense that on multiple occasions would have Braylon Shelby one-on-one with Sione Vaki, because that's a good idea. 
Yeah, it, it's not once but twice, by the way. Yeah, twice. Uh, it, okay, let, let's talk. Let's talk about the Braylon Shelby thing. I, the first time it happened, horrible matchup. Yeah, and you know, uh, good on Bryson. Um, I, I keep wanting to call him Bryson Shaw, Bryson Barnes, <laughs> uh, for seeing it. Right, like uh, if the game plan was make Bryson Barnes throw the ball and make him beat you that way. I don't hate that game plan. Going into a game where you're bringing Caleb Williams to 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 the table, right? Like if that's what the game plan was, okay. You get beat on it the first time though and then it happens again uh in the second half, like there's no in the fourth quarter there's, there's no excuse for the second time, right? No. Which is why it, okay, this is a very weird game. This is such a weird game because on the one hand, I could sit here and argue that USC's defense is the only reason they were even in the game. Oh, it absolutely is. That's the irony. Uh, Kalen Roby scores a, a, pick, a pick six to put USC straight back in it after they're down by by two scores, by two touchdowns. Um, they are getting the stops that they need to get in the middle quarters when uh, when USC's offense can do nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, they are being aggressive and getting to the quarterback and making run stops and, and, and getting big drive mm-hmm. stops. I, I they get no, like, 247 on the ground. I don't know. We can talk a lot about well, the Well, okay, stops. but remember, this is only part one of a two-part statement. Oh, sure. I'll, I'll let you keep going. Part one of a two-part statement. <laughs> there were a lot of things to like about USC's defense in this game in sort of an individual bubble. Part two of the two-part statement is, even with all of those individual things to like, even with all of those things that are like, okay, the defense was keeping USC in it, they were making plays, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. This was a horrendous defensive performance. Like, horrific. Yeah. Because of the context of Utah's offense. The context of Utah's offense is an offense that can barely score 14 points, that isn't putting up numbers on anybody, that isn't scoring 30 points on anybody, Mm -hmm. that is doing very, very little at any point in any context for the entire season. Yeah. And USC goes out and, like, like you said, makes Bryson Barnes look every bit as good as Cam Rising. Like, who needs Cam Rising when it doesn't matter what quarterback you put out there if you're facing USC's defense? They're going to make you look like he looked. Um, They're going to make your running backs. Also, your running game is suddenly going to come alive. Yeah. Because uh, USC's defense is only going to get stops 50% of the time and the other 50% of the time, you are free to run along, sir. Because half of the time there will be a missed tackle or a bad fit or a, ba- or a, a bad angle or name a million, name a million things. It's, it's, but it's what the, it's what the defense is. It's what we've come to expect from the defense. And um, the one thing that I want to say about the defense that I will continue to say, if, if you want to have a sense of of not complete um, just desolation after this game is say what you will about the defense and how terrible they are most of the time. 
these dudes go out there and fight. Like they're well, they're fighting hard. Like it's sad that, watching this defense because it's not like they're not out there trying. That that's one of the that's one of the great ironies of this game. Is SC is you know um a minute forty six away from. Well, I, I guess a wide field goal away from us sitting here and saying, you know, maybe this is the moment that they needed to turn things around. Maybe this is, it's, you know, look at the way Washington's playing tonight against ASU. Um, anything is on the table. SC gets gets through Utah. Maybe this is the, I, I, I joked about it on, on Twitter earlier that they needed the Chris Richard pick six moment that Pete Carroll got in Tucson against Arizona, and that's what spearheaded everything. They needed sort of that moment on defense. And you could sit here and say, well, maybe that was it with the Kalen Bullock pick six. And, you know, the Zachariah Branch with the big return, and then Caleb Williams came through in the in the clutch, and, like, you know, the, the heart and the, and, the, and the fight on spirit that this team has. Mm-hmm. I think all that stuff can exist still, but, you know still losing the football game just sours so much of it when you look at Trojans have two losses one in the Pac-12 it's going to be very difficult to get to the Pac-12 championship game because you always should have had it in your mind that you a split of the Oregon-Washington schools was probably at least a likely scenario now you would need to win both of them to get to the back 12 championship game, which is a extremely unlikely scenario. Uh, so it's like the, the, the season absolutely, uh, to the brink. Um, and you sit here and you can look back at all the, all the things, all the things about how SC got to this point. How did they get, how did they lose this game? Uh, they lost it by chasing the points in the third quarter and early in the fourth quarter, uh, on a two-point conversion they didn't need to do. I, to me, that is the egregious call. Uh, that is the egregious, egregious... It's 34-34 if they don't is, chase the points. This is on Lincoln Riley, one million percent. Yeah. And, and I will keep, I would continue to say this, having, you know, watching the amount of college football that I watch on a Saturday. I'm, I'm there from 9 a.m. to 11 p.m. with full, just every game that's on, I'm trying to watch it. Game management is terrible. Everybody is terrible. No one makes the right the right calls most of the time. Like coaches suck at this. Yeah. But the one thing that I wish coaches that I wish coaches would embrace that is very simple to embrace is a keep it simple stupid mentality of do not chase a two-point conversion until you must score a two-point conversion in order to stay alive in the game. Yeah. Do not chase a two-point conversion until you have to take a two-point conversion. And right. that lost USC the game in a lot of different ways because if they don't chase those points after the pick six, uh, which for the record, I know it's Kalen Bullock. I was making a Nikel Roby joke. It's fine. Um, they don't chase those points. They they take the point. They don't have to chase another two-point conversion later. They take the point. Utah, at best, can tie the game with a field goal. You right. go to overtime, and if you're USC... Given the momentum of the game, you have to feel pretty good about your chances in that overtime. So terrible, horrible, no good decision. Do not chase the damn two points conversion points ever. Just learn that very simply, and you will win more football games than you lose in those scenarios. Sorry, go ahead and uh, and, and say your piece. 
Yeah, Richard in the chat says that the two early wasn't insane given the pace of the game, obviously wrong in hindsight. I, I'm of the mind that you don't go for two to um you you go for two, you go for two, yeah two at the very end when you need it. Yes, I agree. Um, you also make things a two, a one possession game when you absolutely need it to be. Like you you keep it a one possession game, right? Like if you're down eleven and you score a touchdown, don't go for two. Make it eight so that way it's a one possession game because then suddenly if you're down eleven and you, and you miss it, suddenly you're you're down. Uh, you're down what five, uh, uh, four what four? You just don't know right? if you're gonna score. Like if you if you still need to score, then just leave it at that. Like yeah. no matter what, you have to go out and score something. Like, yes. Don't don't pigeonhole yourself into losing points because you're trying to gain them to pick to pick them back up. And and I get right. it. I, it's it's not necessarily the most egregious two point decision that I've ever seen. It's it's not. A situation where, um, you know, even even every coach out there wouldn't also make a similar decision. But I am a huge proponent of not, number one, don't chase points. And number two, take the points. Always take the points. Because yeah, you I, never know. You might end up with a field goal later on. And then that field goal might change your calculus. later, Or you might end up with a touchdown later on. And that that might change your calculus. Like, just... Don't make it too complicated. Take what points are available to you if you can afford to take those points. That's just where I'm at. Yeah, I, I don't. I, yeah, I saw in the chat that was. Did the analytics say to go for maybe? But like, I, I the the, I'm all for analytics. I'm, I'm all for analytics in every shape and form, with the exception of two things that drive me nuts. One of them is the decision to go for two or not. Um, while I'm a proponent of going for two, probably more often than most, this yeah, this is one that I wouldn't have done. the The other one, the 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 flip side of it, not this is a baseball podcast, but you know, sometimes you can keep Blake Snell in the game. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah. Uh, you know the um. Okay, so the, the two-point conversion, one reason that, that SC loses the game. The other reason that SC loses this game is they start out just absolutely on fire. 14 points. Uh, they they pass what Utah... Utah was only allowing 12 points a game coming into the game. Uh, and SC absolutely comes back and, uh, I mean, comes out of here 14 points immediately in the first half. In, in the first quarter and everything is rolling. SC is, you know, uh, running the ball down uh, Utah's throat with with Marshawn Lloyd. Suddenly, like, you know, 100 yards of rushing in the first quarter when Utah only allows 66 per game. And then something happened. I choose not to run. And I don't quite get completely why. I, I, I think I get part of why, but not completely. Um, SC in that first quarter, like I said, 10 rushes, uh, for, uh, 10 rushes for exactly 100 yards. Um, the remain, the, they finished the game with 23 rushes for a buck 45. 10 of those rushes were the quarterback for the record. Yeah, it's. So in reality, USC handed the ball off to running backs 12 times. Yes, after being able to rush 
for 100 yards in the first quarter. Both of those running backs averaged uh, 6.2 and 12.3 yards per carry. Yeah. I, I And even if you take out Marshawn Lloyd's 45-yard long run, his mm-hmm. average is still very good. Yeah, we, we I, I don't want to spoil the over-under, but we did an over-under about sack-adjusted rushing yards, yards per carry. Mm-hmm. SC's sack-adjusted rushing yards per carry in this game was eight. If you told me it yeah. was eight, there was no way that SC should lose this game. Yeah. But it's eight because they, cho- they ran, they ran the ball one time in the second quarter. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and that's uh, when the second quarter is when a series of punts happens. Mm-hmm. SC punts the ball three times in the second quarter. Uh, at the end of the first half, they have a seven-play drive that gets 18 yards on a, on a two-minute drill that they get nothing with, but essentially a, a continues with the punt. Uh, the first drive of the third quarter was a punt. First, The next drive was a fumble. Uh, SC gets field goal, field goal, touchdown at the end, but it, it was... They needed to not have that drought in the middle of the game to go scoreless for so long. Mm-hmm. You 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 just you just can't do it. And you know one of the things that I want to talk about about the offense here is this is this is a Utah defense that we talked about is like Notre Dame. They're very good uh, up front. They stop the run. They do all of those things right, but. SC was able to run the ball great in the first half, and I liked how the game plan initially was quick passes, little screens, little little short things, not letting the offensive line become a potential weakness in 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 the um, for the Trojans on offense, especially with the changes on the offensive line, Kingston and 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 Murphy swapping positions. It seems smart. Take the way, take the pressure off the offensive line. The way that they called this game was what you should have seen in the second half against Notre Dame, which was all the screens. Take the pressure off of all the screens, screens and everything quick, quick in the passing game. Take the pressure off the offensive line. That was good in the first quarter, and it worked. Utah, whether they made adjustments or SC just completely strayed away from what the script was, is take your pick the but they go to to the screen so much that utah is able to completely take away the screens for the final three quarters of the game and it's like well then go back to the running game and try it then allow your offensive line to fail before like if if you were being preventative and it worked cool but if utah adjusts and takes it away Okay, well then let the offensive line fail again to try to open it back up. But instead, because I choose not to run. Yeah. Instead that happens. And this is and this is where I think it's fair to be very critical of Caleb Williams. Um I don't think he is playing well right now. I don't think he is passing the ball very effectively. Um and I think his management of the game right now is extremely poor. And it made sense against Notre Dame when the offensive line was getting blown up. It made sense when against Arizona when the offensive line was getting cut through. But I thought USC's offensive line held up extremely well in this game. I thought they did their job. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think you can you can ask for much more from the offensive line. Yeah. 
And this is where really Caleb's... They also, like I said, they didn't have the chance to fail, which is... It's it's nice. It's nice that that the the game plan was to was to give them a nice little cushy spot. Yeah. But if the offense isn't working by doing that, then you you got to you got to mix it up a little bit then. Yeah, and and you have to also be managing the game well. Right. You need to be navigating what's in front of you. You need to be, if you are the quarterback and you are responsible for the RPO decision, you need to be willing to hand the ball off. You can't be Superman all the time. Uh, I know that his nickname is Superman, but like it's the double-edged sword of that is coming back to bite USC in the butt right now offensively because it, it he's not willing to take what's there. He's just not willing to attack a defense um, in, in, the, in the simplest way. Um, and he's taking the def- the the offense out of rhythm. I I I don't think it's a coincidence that USC's offense looked the best in the second half in the fourth quarter when they um when they went to tempo, when they started moving quickly, not letting the defense sub, not mm-hmm. letting the de- putting the defense back on their on on their heels and Taking the, the taking it to the defense. Instead, 90% of the game is USC getting set with 25 seconds to go, having the offensive linemen in their stances, waiting 10 seconds, let having ending up with the the, the defense having time to sub because they they have to be given the, the time to sub, getting the sub back on with 10 seconds to go. Caleb changing the play at the line with 10 seconds to go, and then it's a rush and a race against the play clock. Yeah. And USC doesn't snap the ball with under five with with more than five seconds in the, in the play clock most of the time, and it's it's very frustrating and it's and it's something that I I think is indicative of Caleb not uh, not managing his game his game well right now and he's not bailing himself out because he's not making great throws at the moment and and I am a proponent of like. I am noticing the bandage on his pinky finger of his throwing finger. And when on the critical third and six in this game, he goes back to throw and the ball just flops out of his hand. Like I am one to put that on. What is going on with his pinky finger? This is noticeable. It has been noticeable. It has been the thing that has held USC back in the games where USC's offense has not looked good. This thing has been there. So I'm not going to say that it's not impacting the the play. But, you know, his I, I think I think that is a a huge part of why this offense isn't flowing right now because the offense has to be flowing through the quarterback and the quarterback isn't playing his best football and we have seen him play his best football and even when he's not playing his best football he still gives USC a chance to win because he can do what he does with his legs and he can right. you know he can make the plays extend the plays to the point where he he gives you a chance like that's how special of a quarterback he is that even when he's playing at barely 50% of what he what we know he can be He's not playing very well. But the fact of the matter is, USC needs him to be playing well to win these games. If you want to win these games, your quarterback needs to be playing good football. And I don't think we're seeing good football from Caleb Williams in the ways that USC needs their offense to be playing good football. Because realistically, and we knew this from the start going in, that in order to survive having a defense like USC has... They need to be able to 
outscore outscore a uh, an opposing offense and right. And it's not just that USC scored 32 points, but USC didn't score 32 points offensively. They scored. They there was a a um, a uh, the defensive touchdown. The defensive touchdown and also, a special team set up set up a, a yes. score in inside the red zone. So right, the offense is not doing is not pulling its weight. The, the I'm not saying that the defense is either, but we expected the defense to have trouble pulling its weight. And in many ways, the defense is doing a better job of pulling its weight than the offense is right now. That can't be the case. Yeah. Uh, I want to give a uh, thank you to uh, Tim in the chat for um, Super Chat. And hey. uh, Scott as well. Scott says, uh, Rot Therapy Session. Thank you. I, I hope it is a Rot Therapy Session. Uh, and Tim says, uh, really feels like the program is in free fall. It's hard to keep anal- analyzing these games knowing that the team is collapsing. I can't blame Caleb for this. I fully disagree with this. I don't think the team is collapsing. The team is collapsing. They would have completely failed are, in the second half. They are playing so they hard are, out there. Are, I'm like, sorry. They are playing hard. The, I, like, I, th- I absolutely think that they are playing for each other when you see them still rally at the end there. for some. Like There were a million reasons in this game for them not like to give up and they they didn't do that. Um I I think that the 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 team is in free fall in the sense of momentum is completely sliding away from them and they've got to Lincoln Riley's got to find a way to stop it. Uh you talk about the, you know, Caleb Williams not making uh you know, the right decisions and the right throws and the, and that stuff and I have a hard time putting it on Caleb um for one, we yeah, we don't know the severity of the the pinky. He they uh, Lincoln Riley was asked about it this week and he said it's not a big deal, but we've seen a couple of throws that just you know, there was a, a throw to Branch down down the sideline on the right uh, tonight where he sort of air miles Branch. Is it a route that uh, Branch went a little too too shallow and Caleb thought he was going to go deeper maybe or did he airmail it I don't know that we have to ask this question is part of the problem right because SC hasn't been consistently getting those things to sort of go their way uh which is why I think that you need to be you know apprehensive of um the uh you know you need to anticipate uh the changes you need to anticipate um what those things are. And I think that the offense did that with the, with the game plan initially, and then didn't respond when they got responded to, uh, yeah. two more super chats. Thank you. Uh, Tim, uh, Tim in LA and Richard. Uh, thank you. Um, uh, and, and shout out to Paul. Yes. And shout out to Paul. <laughs> we see you, Paul. Uh, Tim says, uh, it's a super chat train. Thank you. Uh, oh yeah. Richard, Richard, this one is for Paul. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Thank you. Uh, appreciate it. My, we appreciate my, you guys. My good old water. Yeah. yeah. My, my good old energy drink. No, it's actually, it's all vodka. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I need it. Yeah. The the other thing to, uh, to to mention here about the offense that I think that is is worth talking about is one of the most frustrating things I think that can happen is when the players that you rely on the most are the ones that end up letting you down. Because Marshawn Lloyd had incredible, incredible touchdown at the beginning of the game, right? 
And yet he had his. You can. I, I, is it fair to say he had his worst game as a Trojan? He, I think he had his worst game. He as a Trojan. he had his biggest mistakes. His, two biggest two biggest mistakes. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, th- with, so with the with, with the the fumble drop that ended up getting ruled in his favor to be a to be a drop. Which and then I, the fumble. The 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 fumble drop that was ruled a, a, a drop. Um, I don't think he ever caught it. That's tough. I mean, he's trying to make a tough catch. Like, yeah. he's trying to make a play. I the don't... frustrating part is that play, I think, had a chance. To, yeah. Like, I, I thought it was a nice little dump off. Yeah. That was a nice play by Caleb Williams to find him right away. And that's a also, that's a moment where I think you can credit the defense. They forced yeah. Caleb into a throw that had to be that high and had to make it a, a difficult for his running back. And the running back tried sure. to make a leaping catch and... Didn't quite get it to to go, so you know that happens. Um, the fumble is unacceptable. You you cannot fumble. You know, just like no blocking, no rocky. If, yeah. if you fumble, you sort of forfeit your your right to ask for carries. Yes. In the game, um, the, the, but but also like that doesn't mean that you shouldn't get you shouldn't recognize that Marshawn Lloyd and Austin Jones in this game were weapons that you could have utilized to settle things down more percent. on offense. Yes. And that both of them should have gotten more carries despite the oh, fumble. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I think that this is this is part of the 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 tough part is like we, we talked about it last week with the Notre Dame game. You you don't expect the 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 guys that you lean on, the guys that have been, you know prime example, the the Bear Alexander penalty at the end, right? Like He's been such a stalwart on defense that you want, like, it's, you've been relying on him. And, and when it's the, the guys that you rely on that make the mistakes, it, it especially, it, it burns because, like, you can't be overly critical on them in the sense of, like, they sort of earned their mistake by yeah, making yeah. every other play before that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. not that they earned their mistake, but you know what I mean? Like, but you, you, you know, when you're when you're out there making plays the way yeah. the way that Bear Alexander plays um, has has been impactful for USC's defense. You want to see him clean up those plays, but like those plays aren't the end. Like, you don't right. yank and him it, out of the game and never let him play again. the The bad one was the late the the unnecessary roughness after the whistle that is completely boneheaded like that's right. the kind of play that yeah that mm-hmm. bear you cannot make that play that is completely outside of the realm of you out going out there and trying to make plays i am much more sympathetic with him with the roughing the passer call which is a function of just today's football where defenders are put in situations where they literally cannot do the right thing because if you're a defender in that situation and you're trying to leap to try and to put off the pass yeah, and then I, you happen to be tall enough that you run into the quarterback, mm-hmm. um, then you get a, a, a roughing the passer call. To me, I know you don't like talking about refs and I'm not blaming the refs for USC losing. USC lost this game because they lost, they, they lost the game. Mm-hmm. But that roughing, the, that targeting ejection is impactful and it oh, is ridiculous. Yes. That uh, is not targeting. I'm so like to eject a player for an incidental face mask to face mask play where a defender was leaping in the air to try and bat a ball out of the air. Mm-hmm. I it's like it's like running into the kicker. Like yes, throw the penalty if you need to throw the penalty, but to eject the most important player on defense for USC in the game. On the final drive of the game. Well, it shouldn't matter the importance. But well, no, yeah, no, no, no. But, no, but, to, but to eject a player for that is it's 
No, it's bullcrap yes, and it I, sucks and I hate it and yeah. and boo to the refs for impacting the game the way that they did. Again, it's uh, that's not an excuse. That's not saying that that USC only lost because of that play, but like also boo to the refs. Don't ruin the ends of games by making those stupid, silly calls, which, by the way, look stupider and sillier because they call that targeting and then let Zion Branch get away with what he did to Bryson Barnes a few plays later. Like, Do I blame Larry Scott for this? It's absolutely batshit, and it pisses me off that, like, that, that these things happen, and it's just like, oh, well, we're the ref, so blah, 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 blah. Like, I... I I'm I'm very frustrated by that. I think that's that's uh that sucked. That absolutely sucked. Uh I so but, I, you know, whatever. I I cannot pretend to understand what targeting is anymore uh or what pass interference is. Um but given how pass interference has been called, I'll give you that that was pass interference, but I I I wouldn't say on, that on Taj I, Washington. Uh no not pass interference. Roughing the passer. Sorry. I'm, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, my brain's not there. Uh, roughing the passer uh, on the on the, on the the last play, uh, on the last drive. But, uh, yeah, targeting. What is it? Yeah, don't I agree. Ej- what, is he, what is he supposed kid. to don't do? Eject there? a kid for that. That's yeah. so I agree. stupid. I agree. Ejections in general are dumb. Eject a player who's out there headhunting and actually trying to injure other players. By all means, eject. Yeah. Don't eject a dude who's just trying to make a play. Like yeah, that's and, so and, stupid. And I think I think the the tough part is when you look at SC over the years, how many times have these last minute drives? Well, it's always a freaking rushing the passer. A, there's always a penalty. Utah. There's it's always, always a penalty. Rushing the passer when it's Utah. The, the Texas game in the Rose Bowl. No one ever talks about Darnell Bing's late hit on oh, that yeah, drive. Oh yeah, yeah, that was devastating. Yeah. It would have taken away a fourth down. It would have been on Texas' side of the fifty. Uh, then the the Stanford game in 2010, uh, Gallipo gets gets dinged for a late hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, that allows Stanford to come down and kick the field goal. Yeah. Um, tonight was just it's another one of those, and yeah. it's just brutal. I, it's it's brutal I, because you know obviously SC benefited from those from those kind of calls in the Rose Bowl against Penn State, but like yeah. you don't you don't want to see I don't pen- want to see opposing players you, you get ejected see for that either. Decide those things, right? Uh, t- as Tim in LA says, can someone explain illegal blindside block on the defense? I am still mad at the broad- I, at the broadcast for not going back and showing us what that was. Like if you, are, I think that's a failure of the broadcast. I is it a failure of the broadcast? Or, well, sure, that, I'm not going to disagree with that one. I'm just saying is is it a failure of the of the the rule or the ref for not it, like there needs to be is there a, a sub is a there sub a better of way the rule? like is there a better way to just to, to explain to, to what explain, the thing happened yeah like could they say you like know what cra- I, mean? I crack back like maybe it was a crack back block or maybe it was I don't I don't know because we literally never saw it, just it. Seems we like never a, got a, a view a of it a weird name for a penalty on a defender. On a defender. Because why is yes. a defender blocking? Yes. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, it, I, don't, I don't doubt that there could be something that, you know, that could have happened that was egregious and all those things. Yeah, but I like, mean, that's, I just want them to show us it. And I want them is, to explain well, this it. This is where you need a Hockley, right? Well, and yeah, Hockley but just, I mean, theoretically, you know, they, theoretically, they have somebody like that and they just didn't, 
go back to it, which whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, well, I mean, that's, that's a, a Hockley that's is the, as literally the referee explaining, explaining the, ex, the explaining like, yeah. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Blindside, uh, a blindside block on the defense, which means blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, th- I think that would have, that would have been one of those things, but yeah, yeah it's, um, it's a night that uh, SC uh, absolutely will not want to remember. Uh, but the good news is it's a night that you might want to remember if you are in a legal uh, gambling state because guess what? Our friends over at DraftKings have upped the ante and Trojan fans, DraftKings is running a new promotion that you won't want to miss. New users can place a $5 bet to instantly claim 200 bucks in bonus bets. You'll also be rewarded with a separate no-sweat single-game parlay every single day when you opt in all you have to do is use our code Reign of Troy, uh, and using that code Reign of Troy not only gets you those bonuses, but it helps directly support this podcast, this very podcast. So if you're considering setting up DraftKings, make sure to use the code Reign of Troy to maximize your first bets and parlays. This offer, of course, is only available to new users, uh, new customers who are 21 plus and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly and check the episode description for the full terms of the offer to see if you qualify. Alicia, you know the only good thing about football season being over? There's literally nothing good about the football season being over. It's just an endless wait until the fall. See, that's where you're wrong. It's tournament season. The best way to take your mind off the endless wait. That is true. I may not want to watch the men play, but the USC women are pretty awesome. Exactly, but it's not just SC. There's high-stake basketball moments all over the country. But you know what? They get even better with prize picks. So you're saying the only thing better than watching Juju Watkins is taking the more on Juju Watkins. Bingo. You can now turn your hoops knowledge and love of Juju Watkins into serious cash. Because you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks. Turn 10 bucks into a thousand bucks with college basketball, NBA, and NHL entries. Best of all, Price Picks lets you get on the action on more than 30 states across the country, including Texas, Georgia, and California. That sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, download the app today and use the code Rain of Troy for a first deposit match up to $100. That's the Price Picks app with the code Rain of Troy for the first deposit match of up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. That helps support the podcast a lot like the Super Chats. And we've gotten more Super Chats. Uh, First one is Nate. Thank you. Uh, Big thanks to Nate, uh, who says, um, outside of the apparent injury, does Caleb seem a little disconnected? Seems a little off on the sideline as well. I would caution against reading into sideline behavior after a loss because you're not paying attention to it after a win. To my eye... There's also not a camera on him literally 24-7. No, no. To my eye, Caleb looks the same on the sideline as, as he looked. He's a very chill, casual kind of dude. Yeah. Uh, when he's on the sideline, I don't think that we're seeing anything different from him. Uh, that's just my take. I, I, I think it's... I also think... It, I think it's a little risky to... Um, to sort of judge body language in general because everybody's a little bit different. I just always remember people getting mad at Barkley laughing on the sideline while USC was getting beat by Oregon or, uh, Oregon, not, Oregon State. 
It was somebody. It was Barkley. He was smiling and laughing. It was the game he got hurt. He wouldn't be laughing. And uh, and and people freaked out about it. It was just like, guys, it, it's it's not that deep. Yeah, uh, some people respond to adversity, you know, with uh, with laughter. I, I I know that I do. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It, it it's diff- it's difficult. I don't think he's he's disconnected at all. Uh, I also don't buy into the idea that like he's he's too busy doing commercials and those kind of things either. I I buy more into sort of the pinky being potentially a problem if it is. I also buy into the thing that we've seen with other uh, and we've gotten some questions. Uh, Kenny in the chat asking if Caleb is having a 2012 Matt Barkley s season. Um, I think we've also heard comparisons to Darnold's second, you know, the the mm-hmm. second season after uh, Darnold's 2017. Um which to me is usually a a situation where a quarterback is now further along in his development and is being given more responsibility in the offense and maybe not doing a good job with that responsibility. And I wouldn't be surprised if uh if Lincoln is putting more on well, especially with, with Cliff there too. Yeah. yeah, and because they're, you know, sensibly trying to get him ready for the NFL, and it it might be too much, or what they're doing might not be working for him. Like I think I think those are very much in play. Um, he he, uh, I buy into the idea that he's maybe thinking too much. Or pushing too hard, or or, yeah. or trying to do too much all the time, which may have worked for him in the past. May have just it may be that he was doing the same thing. It's just that the throws were coming off because um, because he didn't have a weird thing on his pinky, or because he just happened to be throwing with more confidence, or uh, well, any number of factors. I, I just I I just think. I think he's trying to do too much and it is resulting in less. Yeah, I, I, I think that I think that's a fair way of looking at it. I I I think a lot of things on offense need to be sort of I would say simpler, but I also think that they were almost too conservative on offense tonight. Um Well, I don't know if you can say that when I, no, they're I not think, running I think going the ball. all in on the screens was too conservative. Yes, yeah, that's fair, but like just just run the damn ball. I mean Sure, yeah. No, I, I, I agree. There are but, better ways but I think to that be that conservative. Would have been the risky option, right? Because yeah. in the sense of okay, you know that this is the number one rush defense, but like it's okay. It's okay to fail at running against them. Yeah. But like let them let them like let them make you fail first before yeah. before not doing yeah. it anymore. Um, th- well, they were the number one. This is one like run the Blake deep- Snell thing. Yeah, you take Blake Snell out when a man, there's a man on. Yeah, and when there's a reason you know to take I mean? him like, out. Have a short hook. Yeah. Yes, but don't have, have the, a premature have hook. To have the short hook. Yeah, don't have a premature hook. But they also need to go down there, which is which is why I'm against like the idea of like oh should Kayla Williams have, have just like slid there on the last drive and not gone in the end zone no because you still have to t- score the touchdown at the end even if you're scoring too quickly so because you still gotta make Utah drive down the field and get the field the the sad thing is that this is twice now in Kayla Williams's career that he scored too early against Utah yes but last because year was 
entirely different. Yes, but, but entirely it, different. He shouldn't have to. If anything, you can say Cam Rising scored too early. Yeah. Uh, SC didn't score with the time that they had on the yeah. clock, but like yeah. he, I th- what it comes down to is Caleb Williams shouldn't have to decline to score in that situation because he can't because his defense can't get a stop. He shouldn't right. have to do that. Well, they, they shouldn't be in a position to where they have to, you know, pull it out of their ass. In, you in, also, in the I mean, quarter, just right? look at what happened at the end against Arizona. Like, just because you're down at the goal line doesn't guarantee that you're going to get the points you need. USC needed a touchdown in that situation. Right. If he doesn't score there, I was worried that Zach Branch, be, Zachariah Branch being unable to score there might result in USC getting into trouble in the red zone mm-hmm. and uh, and then ruining, you know, not finishing that that punt return off with a touchdown kind of thing. Um, you have to, like, if the touchdown is there for you to score, you have to score the touchdown. Yeah. It's it's the difference between, I, it's a go-ahead touchdown. It's not a, it's not a luxury touchdown where you're up by three and the only thing you need to do is kill the clock. Then, right. then you, we can have that conversation. But when you are trailing, and you need a touchdown. You, you, you have you score to when score you that score. touchdown. Yeah, um, it just sucks that Cause, cause, it happened uh, on let, the first play. Like it would have been nice if USC had run the ball three times and then had that happen. But you know, you don't get to pick and choose. Let's say Caleb Williams slides, doesn't score, and then SC gets stopped on a fourth and goal. Yeah, then Caleb Williams is oh my god, uh, the worst player that's ever that's played ever and yeah. uh, gets completely slated and everything like that. It, yeah. I just pulled up last year's um, Utah SC box score. Uh, it would have been it would have been crazy if SC would have won by one point this year when SC lost by one point to Utah last year, but uh, alas. Uh, anyways, SC scored last year. You said they scored too early. They scored with six minutes and fifteen oh. seconds left. Well, that was too on an eleven play ninety yard drive that took. Almost five minutes off the clock. Clearly, I don't remember that game. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't think that yeah. that that qualifies there. Um, yeah, and Cam Rising scored with forty eight seconds. Um, which, given the way that SC, you know, Cam, you know, uh, Caleb Williams had had five touchdowns that game, I think you could have made the argument that that was too soon. But SC could not do anything in those forty eight seconds. Um, yeah, so. Um, Let's let's open up the mailbag here and go to more questions that we've gotten. You've got mail. Uh, LA friend, am I wrong for partly hoping Caleb was? Oh, here we go. It's literally talking about the same thing. Uh, I was gonna slide. Down. Yeah, I like like we talked about. I I think if you're playing in Madden, yeah, maybe you can do that. But you still have to you still have to score. Like you're down. If if you if if you, you you're down by five points. Yeah. You have to score a touchdown. In an ideal situation, you, you cannot, don't score that quickly. And like but, some like somebody said, USC had two two-point conversions that they failed to convert. Mm-hmm. You're telling me without a doubt that you can say that USC would not have been stopped? Yeah. At like no, you have to take the touchdown well, there. SC had also it's not, not the wrong been in decision. the end zone in 45 minutes. Yeah, it's not the wrong decision yeah. when you have struggled to score a touchdown since the first quarter. Yeah, you, you don't get to pick and choose how you score your touchdowns. No, you have if to this, just take the score. And you have if to this was 74-72, where you knew that no matter what, everybody was scoring on everything, maybe that's a different yeah. scenario because I think you have more confidence too. 
uh, that you can get in the end zone. But yeah, you, you, you take it when you have the chance. Uh, Les yeah. says with Caleb's Heisman chase over and his season just okay, might he consider staying on another year? <laughs> Absolutely not. No, he's going to go be the number one pick in the 2024 NFL draft. Yeah, the only way that 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 he could stay is if there was some sort of like baseball rule where you can get drafted and then decide not to sign. Yeah, like, like because he gets drafted by the Bears and he doesn't want to. Yeah, go and then play the option the is like force the Bears to like I don't want to go to the Bears, so force the Bears rights. to trade me or come back to SC. But like, yeah, but that that's doesn't, not that's that not doesn't how it works. exist. Yeah, no, he's he's gone. It's, yeah, it's Ron Murdy says, "Why was there no adjustment for Vaki who was torturing us?" This is the number one. There you go. This is the number one thing that I I think that while you can credit USC's defense. For fighting in this game, mm-hmm. for getting some of the stops that they needed, for getting the defensive touchdown, you can you can pat them on the head for a lot of different things. But when it comes down to it, Alex Grinch once again proved that he is not the defensive coordinator that USC needs to to move on to the next level. Because this isn't just a a Vaki thing. Every single game, somebody it's 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 a new somebody. It's a Scadaboo. It's a. a mm-hmm. Um, who was the guy who's uh, Arizona's running back? Um, yeah, I mean there was the there was the true freshman at Colorado who had never played before. Yeah, there's always somebody, and it and and it and the you just get burned over and over and over and over again, and and it's and it's usually not like it's one thing. If, it would be one thing, for instance, if uh, if McMillan Arizona for Arizona, who's just an, a, an elite wide receiver. If he's just torching you because it's just like, okay, he's, yeah, he's just torching you and there's nothing you can do about it. And there's, there's nothing you're going to do to stop him. But like it's gadget and gimmick things that USC is giving up to all of these gadget and gimmick players. And they're very good at what they do, but like you, you can't, you can't get beat over and over and over again in the same exact way with the same exact coverage. At that point, it's you. It's you and your failure to adjust or your failure mm-hmm. to understand that, no, right. you cannot leave Vaki one-on-one well, with a linebacker or an edge rusher, yeah. as it were. It, it's happened too many times to give Grinch the benefit of the doubt here, so I'm not going to. However, I do think that it, it's interesting that Vaki's way of beating SC in this game, or Utah's way of having Vaki beat SC in this game was... Primar- not primarily, well, primarily in terms of yardage, was through the air. Um, and so I am, I was looking at the stats. He caught one pass last week for negative five yards. So I wouldn't be surprised if they just had no preparation for him being used in the passing game. Which, okay, so you get burned like on said, that on that like one said, play, but then they an, go back and run the same exact thing right, on the other side of the it's field not and an it's excuse the same because, result. Because we've seen these things happen over and over. Yeah, right? so I just... Like, it's not know. an actual excuse here. No, yeah, um, it's... At all, yeah. <sighs> yeah, yeah, I I, uh, I don't... Uh, Paul says in the chat, having Shelby covering a wide receiver running back downfield is absolutely insane. Happened more than once. Yeah. yeah, and it's not just Braylon Shelby in that position. USC has put other players in that position in other games and gotten burned in the same way. Like, mm-hmm. well, you, you just can't do it. Th- this was this was the downside of SC not just getting more push up front because they felt the need to have to go to have more lineman types and, and edge guys 
in the box. And then that ends up inevitably that one of them is going to have to cover a, someone out of the backfield in man. Yeah. And then you end up just getting torched that way, right? Like yeah. if they were able to get enough push on the defensive line in general, I don't think they end up in a situation where they have to, you know, risk that opportunity. But again, it's the, that it happened twice that's the problem. You get burned the, the first time, make sure it never happens again. You need to have a uh, a way of um, of combating that a little bit. Um, let's see. Uh, LA Fred has come back with a rebuttal to the, the sliding thing. Um, LA Fred says, I get all of that, but is it not debatable that it would have been easier to punch in the TD from the one-yard line uh, than having the defense get a stop? Yes. You, you don't know what's going to happen but on that you, next play. But you also... You could yeah, fumble but, the but snap on that to, next you have play. To, you could have a wide receiver tip a ball into the hands of a defender on the next play. You could yeah. have a running back draw... You could have a running back fumble on the next play. You could have a bad snap that forces Caleb to, to run backwards 30 yards to recover to recover right. a snap, and then you're on Plus, you're on second and goal from the, from the 40. Like, yeah. there are a million things that can happen if you choose not to score a touchdown when you are down by five points. Yeah. You the, have to score the touchdown. The, the the flip side of it is I also can think that you can you can convince yourself that to take the risk on the defense because again if the if the idea was make Bryson Barnes beat you by throwing the ball downfield, you should be able to take that bet. But no it, he ends up beating you because there's the personal foul penalty. Well, that, and that's moves the him thing. up 15 yards, and then there's the scramble. Why? And it's the scramble that the, is what ultimately the defense, ends up as the final dagger. The defense came close. He didn't I have mean, to close throw the is, ball. You know, close only counts in horseshoes and hand, hand grenades. Right. I know that, but like they they had the stop within their reach, and they mm -hmm. and they didn't get it. Like yeah. that's that's the issue. It's we, not that Caleb scored a touchdown that he had to score in order to put USC up in this game. Right. I have a bigger issue with, again, chasing the two-point conversions and putting your defense in a position where they couldn't, they could, if they let Utah get into field goal range, you lose the game. To me, the bigger issue is going for those two-point conversions uh, or just simply not converting them. But yeah. when it comes down to it, if you are in that position and you are a player and you opt not to score that touchdown while you are currently trailing in the game. Mm -hmm. You yeah. are making it like that. I don't think there is any coach on the planet who would coach their player to decline that touchdown. Remember, we see players decline a touchdown when they have a narrow lead. Right. And even when, and I have seen players decline a touchdown when they are tied and they just need a field goal. And even that, knowing hashtag college kickers is a dangerous, dangerous game to play. Well, I don't want to, I, I yeah. don't think that is the right way to, to approach it. Yeah. We, we got another super chat from Irvine Cattle Ranch. I meant to mention earlier. Thank you. Irvine Cattle Ranch. It says okay. Riley equals Dave Roberts. Okay. So <laughs> I have a take on this. I, I'm, I'm glad someone mentioned it. Let's say that he does. Let's, let's say that that's the case. <laughs> Get it out. <laughs> the Dodgers have won how many divisions in a row? <laughs> like, 
that they it's not that, too that, bad to be Dave Rogers. The Dodgers Dave lose a crapshoot tournament that we've stupidly decided is more important than a hundred and sixty-two game six month gauntlet in establishing the merit of a team, which is at, like if you were recreating sports, you would never do that. Like it would be stupid to make a random tournament at the end of 162 like like the british do it right the, like europe does it right like playoffs shouldn't shouldn't exist it's the season right like <laughs> dave roberts is pretty good at that part uh th- that's more imp- should be considered more impressive and I, I i i i'm that i'm going to bat for the dodgers is insane here I know. but but uh, it, but it's a really good it's a really good thing to point out too because you and I were having a conversation uh, earlier today about um, about Penn State and James Franklin and I have long been I have long said that you know James Franklin is exactly the kind of head coach that I don't want USC to end up hiring because James Franklin is what he is uh, he is good enough to have Penn State be one of the top three teams in the Big Ten every year but definitely not good enough to get over the hump and to beat Penn State, to beat Ohio State or Michigan ever, right. to to do to to even beat a Clay Helton in the Rose Bowl or to take, you know, take you to the promised land kind of guy. He's he's just not going to get you there. But when you look at what he's done at Penn State, like he is unquestionably at a at so, a like so a decent this level. Is, this is the insanity that this is the frustration I have with college football uh, and college football discourse. And I say this as someone who does a podcast. So yeah, I see the irony. James Franklin. If the idea is that oh his problem is that he loses to good teams. Yeah, that that's how the game works. Yeah, you lose to good <laughs> teams. Like to lose to good teams. Oh. Oh, he's only had one win over a top five team. Yeah, most teams haven't beaten the top five. Te- like that's how the game works. You know what I mean? Like yeah, uh, the the um, <laughs> the the judging everything. Like I I I find this weird irony that like, and I I don't mean to go on this soliloquy too long, so I'll try to make it really quick here. But like. Every team in America is trying to ideally, hopefully, want to win the national championship, right? But we know that that's not true because there's no equity in college football, right? And yet, if you don't win that thing that you can't win because we've decided like it's very difficult to do that because there's 133 teams and it's not there's not equitable like equity anyways. That that's the determining like Riley is better than 98% of, I mean, uh, Franklin is better than 98% of every other coach. So was Boa Schembechler. He didn't get fired for going seven and four in 1982 or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, anyways, we got a bunch of super chats, uh, more super chats. Uh, let's, let's go through these. Uh, 86 GOP says, I looked at uh, their Big Ten schedule in 2024. They'll be lucky to win five games. I have them winning four. SC fans get used to records like uh, Oregon State and ASU's. The real life in the Big Ten. Uh, uh, I mean, y'all are overvaluing thank, teams. Yeah, well, thank, thank you for the super chat. Foremost, but y'all are overvaluing teams like Maryland, Minnesota, Nebraska, 
Rutgers, Wisconsin, and I, like Penn State. Like, I'm sorry. It, I'm sorry. I, I would, know everyone gets mad when I USC be struggles. Lost to Minnesota, twelve to ten today. Everyone gets mad when USC struggles with Arizona and ASU. But like Arizona and ASU are teams that are playing good football right now and actually being competitive. And I look at the Big Ten, and I. Like, yes, Michigan and Ohio State, very, very good. Penn State, solid program in general. But, like, you can't tell me that Maryland and Nebraska and Rutgers and Wisconsin are better than anyone that USC plays year in and year out in the Pac-12. Like, I'm I'm sorry. Will will USC have a, a, a difficult road to try and get over Michigan, Ohio State, Washington, and Oregon? Yeah, that's tough. But, like, come on, guys. Come on. Yeah, I, I, I think that it's yeah, it'll be tough going playing a lot of road games, uh, and traveling across country and all those things. But I don't think it's overly different in terms of the no. competition. The Oregon, uh, sorry, the uh, the Michigan and Ohio State of it all, and Penn State. You're not going to face. You're them. You're not playing them all. Every you're not year. playing them every year stacked on top of each other either. Yeah. So, yeah, I, 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 don't I don't know. All I know is big, big 10 fodder is, is still big 10 fodder. Just like Pac-12 fodder is still Pac-12 fodder. Like, I, I just think it's, it's over, over inflating, uh, yeah. conference difficulty that it, there's no need to over inflate it. Yeah. I, I think the uh, SC struggle, yes, SC struggles against teams that are very good defensively, just like every other team struggles against yeah. teams that are very good defensively. Well, and I, I don't doubt for a second that they're going to struggle against Ohio State and Michigan and Penn State defensively and probably Iowa, et cetera. But, like, just because every team in the in the Big Ten does play defensively doesn't mean that they're all world beaters at it either. So many of their statistics are helping each other by not facing against great offenses. Yeah. So... Uh yeah I uh, let's see what else we got in the uh, in the chat here um let's see uh Alien fifty five did adding um Kingsbury break Riley's brain I so I I mean that's who knows the I I think there's a there's a valid question to to we talked about it earlier with the idea of is Caleb taking on too much this year um in terms of his responsibilities and, you know, wanting to look downfield and all those kind of things. And is there a, is there a world in which Kingsbury plays a role in that um, as sort of like a personal mentor kind of thing? Maybe. Maybe, but, like, that shouldn't be a negative. Like, that should be a positive. If it ends up as a negative, then that's a wild miss. Like, like, like that is that is something that shouldn't, like... To have Lincoln Riley and Kingsbury as as sort of like your two quarterback coaches, that should put you. That's a position of strength. It should be. Mm-hmm. But that's uh, but that's where I I think that there might there's a world where the misstep is they're putting too much on his plate or the way that they're packaging what they want him to do that they are coaching it wrong that they are delivering it wrong in in or in a way that's not being digested or that's being digested in the wrong way there's so many nuances to coaching and so many things that 
require there to be a certain amount of fit and chemistry between uh, between a coach and a player to sort of, like there's a reason that some players do well under some coaches and other players don't. There has to be a fit. There yeah. has to be an understanding there. And I'm open to the to to a world where uh, where Riley and and um, and Kingsbury are asking something of Caleb Williams that he either isn't ready to or isn't capable of or mm-hmm. uh, or isn't digesting well enough to to execute properly. Like that's that seems possible to me. Yeah, because I, I know that when I've learned things or when I've had to apply things, the way it gets told to me matters. Well, yeah, yeah, and that goes that goes for everybody. And I, I, this is why, like, I think that there's there's a lot of faith in Caleb Williams, and there should be because he's a player you should put your faith into, and he's someone who I think absolutely warrants taking on as much as possible. Um, at the same time. I think there should be more faith instilled into the running game and um, yeah. other stuff. So, uh, yeah. Um, Dave the Greater says, when your defense has to wear wristbands for play calls, your defense is too complicated. The defense was confused. I think I, it's... I, I think that's just a normal thing, though. I, th- I think... Doesn't, doesn't but I everybody think it's wear super obvious the defense is too complicated. Like... That might why, be the case, but I don't necessarily why, think it's just because of a wristband. Why is it that on every play it looks like Christian Roland Wallace is having a meltdown because because something looks out of sorts or something isn't being communicated? I don't know if it's a him thing or a somebody else thing, but but there's there seems to be every single play where somebody is having a meltdown over like who is supposed to be covering who and 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 all of those kinds of like like it looks too complicated. The coverages look too complicated. The complicated coverages are why you end up with Braylon Shelby on on uh, on on Vaki. Um, it's why yeah. you end up with with the other terrible mismatches that we've seen uh, in the past uh, with with players. You know, I'm trying to think like uh, like Romello Height or whatever running trying to run downfield. Romello had a really good game. There were a lot of guys on defense again. Again, I will not hear a single word saying that this team is not playing hard, that they are not, that they are checked out or anything like that. Like that is absolutely, uh, that is absolutely not what is going on. Um, yeah. Uh, but, uh, but it just sucks because individual performances where, where dudes are stepping up or, or having a good game, um, get sort of wiped out by all of the other little things that pile up into the reasons why you lost a game. Like you, you never lose a game on one moment. You lose a game because on 15 different random moments in different random places, uh, things happen. Yeah. We got another super chat from Timothy. Thank you. Uh, that says, uh, the team is playing very hard, but what in the program is trending in the right direction. If we were trending upward, everyone would be feeling better. Yeah, I mean, I mean. Well, okay, here, if the defense was straight up better, everyone would be feeling better because you wouldn't well, have to rely on Caleb Williams to be a great quarterback at every second of every game. Well, I, um, I mean, yeah, if, if the if the defense was you know a world beater defense, then yeah, but at the same time, people in Ohio at, at Ohio State fans want Ryan Day fired because the offense is 
not what it was before. Like there will always be something to sort of criticize if yeah. you're not winning games, if you're not consistently doing your thing. So like, mm-hmm. um, what is trading in the right direction right now? I don't know. Then that's a, that's a question that needs to be figured out. Right. Like, well, okay. Uh, the, is, the I'll offense, answer. Is, the, is the offensive line getting better? I, I don't on, know. Based on tonight versus last week, yes. But I'd also argue that the offensive line wasn't put in a position to actually truly see because there was a lot of preventative measures there, which, like we talked but about, those preventative measures were a step in the right direction in a lot of like not sure. not and and I agree the misuse of screens was an issue, but I did like the number of times that I saw USC holding back a tight end or a running back in, in in protection. I But also, the most encouraging part of the offensive line performance was just that Utah was sending a four-man rush and they weren't getting through immediately. Like, the sacks in this game were all covered sacks, to, to, my, to, to my memory. So the offensive line clearly responded to last week. Everyone said that Utah's defensive front was going to do exactly to USC what Notre Dame did. And that's just not the case. The offensive line responded. That's a very good thing. I think we're seeing performances from individuals on defense that are that are very encouraging when you have Solomon Bird out there sort of single-handedly making plays on it to 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 set up a a, a pick six drive kind of kind of play. Um, when we're seeing more from uh, Zion Branch, when Bear Alexander is I being Branch was good. When, when Bear Alexander oh, is oh, I got one. Okay. Keep going. Well, I was I gonna, when Bear Alexander, aside from the from the penalties, is out there making a huge difference for USC up front on major uh, plays. When Romello Height is playing very well, I think Christian Wallace, Christian Roland Wallace, continues to play rather well. Um, I think that uh, that Jalen Smith continues to to look like a player who has something about him. Like, there's a lot of individuals there, which is why it's so frustrating because, like, I don't feel like the coaching staff is putting individuals who are good enough to be on a decent defense uh that not putting them in position to succeed because the, the defensive play calls are terrible and the defense scheming is terrible and the you yeah. know and and some of the other decision making on defense is is terrible like it's it's very frustrating to me because there there are there are nuggets there to work with which is part of why I'm just like I know everyone's frustrated I know no one wanted to give up on this season, but also the solutions to me are extremely obvious. You make a new defensive coordinator hire at the end of the season and you go into next year looking for for massive improvement on that front. And it just becomes very simple. Yeah, I, I think one of the things that I think has trended up at least the, the last two weeks, mind you, I don't know if these are things that would you know, this needs to be the case for the rest of the year and needs to definitely be the case against Oregon and Washington. But I think the tackling has gotten better the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I mean, the, the, the tackling there's... hasn't been the issue the last two weeks, but I think that that sort of one, one of the, it speaks to one of the issues too, where we talked about before that if the tackling was just the thing that fixed, that got fixed, the defense would be better overnight because they're they're getting the tackles for loss, right? Like they so many times they end up in the right spot, but they just can't make the play. Uh, well, they were in the right. They they didn't they didn't miss a lot of tackles tonight, and they still got absolutely you know jiggle bagged on the on the defensive line when you give up 
256 yards. Yeah. So, well, but uh, I, on the and, ground. a lot of that to me is I just, I don't think USC has any good linebacker play at this point. Like, it's all yeah. just bad. I'm sorry. It just there's there's which no, is why it the, feels the weakest link on this on this defense is very clearly the linebackers and it has been the linebackers and it's not just this year it's it's years prior the linebacker play has been pretty darn bad for a while now um yeah and somebody's got to fix that yeah uh USMNT in the chat says when is it time to shut down Caleb to avoid injury uh for the for the bowl game uh, we, we've got a long way to go until until that point. The thing I will say about Caleb Williams is he is a competitor. I do not think that is on the table, uh, but I also would not expect him to play in the bowl game, assuming that USC is going to a meaningless bowl game. Uh, Mark in the chat says, at this point, would it be better to sit Caleb for the rest of the season in order to have a quarterback ready for the Big Ten next year? Absolutely uh, not. No, no, no. Also, I... One of the one of the things about the Lincoln Riley, you know, era, uh, both at Oklahoma, I mean, at Oklahoma, was that he had there was a replacement for every quarterback. Um, like I I I I get the concern that Caleb leaving, but I I I feel like a broken record at this point. It was Mayfield, it was Murray. It was Hertz. Uh, oh, oh God! It was it was then Spencer Rattler who had a hundred and seventy two quarterback rating and won his last thirteen starts. The horror! <laughs> uh, like he's it's people, he's going you, to find something. You know what's weird? People are acting like USC didn't sign the number thirteen player a five star quarterback in the class of twenty twenty three. Like people are acting like USC missed on the quarterback that like USC did the did the Bryce Young thing and that that long string of uh Tathan Martell and Bryce Young and um uh, you know every other quarterback down the Matt Corral up blah 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 that USC kept missing on the quarterbacks that they wanted. Like people are acting like USC did that thing again. No, they got the Lincoln Riley got the five-star talented quarterback that he wanted in the class of 2023. He has had an entire year to get that guy integrated into his system and will have the ability to have that guy, Malachi Nelson, compete for the starting job in the spring. And if Malachi Nelson is not good enough for Lincoln if, if Riley, he's not that guy, then, then Lincoln, Lincoln Riley will in dip portal. into the transfer portal yeah. and find somebody who is. I I right. I think it's insane. The you and I have talked about this now ad nauseum, but it is absolutely insane for people to say, imagine this scheme without Ka- Caleb Williams, when it was Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, Spencer Radler, Caleb Williams, like. Every quarterback who has played this scheme has been of a caliber that is upper echelon, if not Heisman Trophy level. So at a certain point, it's not just the quarterback. It is the guy who is picking the quarterback and the scheme that he is asking that quarterback to run. I don't think Malachi Nelson will be as good as Caleb Williams because I don't think you will have a prospect come through that is ever as good as yeah. Caleb Williams. Either either he is or he isn't, but the the one thing that 
Uh, I mean, for all the faults that you can say Lincoln Riley has, uh, picking quarterbacks is not the one. So no, don't 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 worry about that part. Um, yeah. Uh, all right. I, I think that's going to wrap it up for the uh, for the old Clark cast. We'll be back Monday, Monday night, five p.m. Pacific, as always, and then Wednesday uh, to preview USC's final trip up the road uh, to Cal next week um, up in Strawberry Canyon, the final weekender. Uh, Trojan six and two, looking to, to get a bounce back for that. Uh, we will be back Monday to dissect more of the Utah game and talk to you guys then. Uh, until then, as always, give us your emails, rantfrightfansite.com, phone number 818-643-7227 on the rant line, uh, and you know where to reach us. So uh, until then, see ya. Yeah. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.